If you would please, that God would bless. Tonight, I won't be long with you tonight, but I want to bring something that's due to my heart. Uh, it's a familiar passage of Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, and I want to begin to read in verse 17. 1 Kings 18 and verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baal. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the groves four hundred which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under it. And call you on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one book for yourselves, and dress it first. For you are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal for morning, even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, By the way, people say I ought not to mock false preachers and false prophets and people that call themselves children of God. And they're not. But the Bible says right here that Elijah mocked them and said and cried aloud, For he is a God, either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in journey, or pure adventure, he's, sleep, he's sleeping, and must be awakened. And they cried aloud, and cut themselves after their manner, with knives and lances, till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass, when midday was past, that they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice nor any answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. That tells me something. There was an altar that they served God before then. Notice verse 31. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. 
And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock in pieces, and laid them, and laid him on in, on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, Do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And when the water ran round about the altar, and filled the trench also with water, and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near, and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is the God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Pray with me. Father, bless the reading of your word to us tonight. We're excited about what you're doing. You're still in the business of saving souls and changing lives and calling people back to your name. And we thank you for that. Bless us to each one who's come tonight in a very special way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was reading these verses and then I thought about Hebrews 9 verse 27. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And what I want to talk to you about is the purpose of life. James chapter 4 verse 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanish away. I believe God gives us life for whatever time length He chooses to make up our minds about where we want to spend eternity or where we will spend eternity. There are two eternities, and we must choose between the two. And I said this morning, I'm glad God gave us a free will, aren't you? We can choose for ourselves. God gave us that ability. And there's two eternities. And we must choose between the two. Now here's the thing. There's not a third one. There's only two choices. There's either heaven or there's hell. There's not two choices about it. You make up your mind, you're going to go somewhere. Now I want you to look at verse 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Very familiar portion of Scripture again. But I want to pick out two verses here, verse 16 and verse 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, that's talking about one class of people. Now, two, if you'll notice... 
First thing, one is living forever with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's First Thessalonians chapter four. Now turn over to Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter one and verse eight. Verse eight: In flaming fire, take vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power, when He shall come to be glorified in His saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony you was believed in that day. Now, there is coming a day then that God's going to punish those that do not take Him as Savior in a lake of fire. First, you have those that's going to live forever with God in heaven. Secondly, you have those that's going to live forever in a burning lake of fire. So there's only two classes of people. There's only two places that people are going when it comes to this matter of death. And remember somewhere we started reading in James 4 verse 14 says, Life is just a vapor. It's just a few moments. Uh, if you live to be a hundred years old, uh, think about it. It's just a, just a vapor. Just a passing. Now, Hire some things ever. Here, I want to give you some things that every person needs to think about. Number one, you can't buy your way to heaven. And Acts chapter eight verse twenty says, "The money, thy money, perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money." So you can't do it. Secondly, neither can you buy your way out of hell. In Matthew twenty-five verse forty-six. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. So you can't buy your way out of heaven, and you can't buy your way into heaven, you can't buy your way out of hell, and you can't buy your way into hell. Now notice something. You can't work your way into heaven. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, that now you says a gift of God, not of works, lest any should boast. What that simply means is that you can't do enough to go to heaven on your own. Secondly, whether neither can you work your way out of hell. In Luke chapter 16, verse 26, And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they that would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. In other words, when you get to heaven, you can't get out. And when you get to hell, you can't get out. Amen? Just that simple. And so you can't work your way out of hell. Uh, again, hell is inherited by neglect. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which is the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And then again, the question to everyone is, how long halt you between the two then? In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, ask the question, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Now, I said all that to get to something. The word of God will be our judge at the last day if we neglect John 12, verse 48. He that rejecteth me, receiveth not my words, hath one that judges him. 
The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. I had somebody call me today and said, Preacher, I thank God uh, for you preaching because you make it simple that people can understand it. Now, the only reason I told you that is, that's my job. That's, That's any preacher's job, is to give you the Word of God and make it so clear that you don't have any questions about where you can go and what you've got to do to get to heaven. That's the reason that I major on the Word of God. I love the Bible. I want to tell people what thus saith the Lord, not what I think or not what one some denomination thinks or some preacher thinks. I want people to know what thus saith the Lord. Man is not capable of planning his own life. Listen to this. Jeremiah 10, verse 23. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Man don't know what he wants. Man can't plan his own life. Listen, man can't figure out life for himself. If a person does not have God's Word to inform him of what to do, then that life ends in disaster or ruin. Now notice some things the Bible does for anyone who will read it and believe it. Number one, conviction of sin comes by God's Word. Acts chapter 2, verse 14, verse 237 talks about the Word of God convicts you. You know what I had to learn as a young preacher? I can get up here and I can say all kinds of things and I can try to get people under conviction and I can talk about things you ought not to do and things you ought to do all day long. It won't accomplish one thing unless the Holy Spirit convicts you. And the only way you can be convicted by the Holy Spirit is through the Word of God. And when you preach the Word of God, the Bible promises us that the Holy Spirit will convict you of righteousness and of sin and of judgment. Think about that. The Word of God does that. That's the reason I try my best to read as much of the Word of God as I can when I'm preaching. Number two, faith comes by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17. I learned something. I can't give faith. Nobody don't just conjure up faith one day and say, I'm going to believe. Faith comes by the Word of God. When you're reading the Word of God, God gives you faith. That's a gift of God. Cleansing comes from the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. It's the Word of God. It cleanses us. And we read it and study it, and it causes us to confess our sins. Assurance comes from the Word of God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 gives us assurance of our salvation. Comfort comes from the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18 makes it very plain. You want to know where your loved ones are at when they die? That wonderful comfort uh, comes from reading the Word of God. God says, have somebody present with the Lord, and He gives us those assurance, and so that comfort. You know, I, it, preaching funerals and giving the invitation, and people come up and they'll start confessing their sins to the preacher and, and telling you all about their troubles and everything. And I want to put my arm and I do. I put my arm around him and I say, I love you. I, I want you to know that I love you and the people of this church loves you. But you know what I can tell you better than that? God loves you. Amen? And I can prove it from the Word of God. That's where comfort comes. 
not from somebody else loving you in times of sorrow, but you know that God loves you. And the Bible tells us that. Truth comes from the Word of God. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. You want to know the truth? The Bible says the truth should set you free. And so you quit your worrying and fretting and everything going on the old devil tries to trick you with. Just read the Word of God. When the devil comes around, quote him the Word of God. Let him know the truth. The new birth comes from the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. That's why these are the reasons that I'm doing everything I can to promote the Bible. Now, we're living in a day that you can't hardly find an old King James Bible, especially the old Schofield Bible. You can't hardly buy them anymore. can't hardly find them. You can find some of them, and now they come out with this new version of the Schofield Bible. I don't want that either. Amen? Because they changed certain words and even the new Schofield Bible. I don't want it. I want the old-fashioned Word of God. I want to stick to it. And here's what I'm saying. I, I, every time I think about this, I think about Elijah. If this is a Word of God, then leave it alone. If it isn't, get another. Find the Word of God and get the Word of God. But this is the Word of God. Choose you. What Bible are you going to read? Choose you the Word of God. Don't go looking for another. Just obey that one and worship Him. That's what I'm getting at. What's the way of life today? You know, where I found peace and joy and just just living a good life. Now, I'm not talking about I don't have a headache and a backache and a foot ache and everything else aching in the world. That ain't what I'm talking about. Just a good life, though, that no matter what happens. I love what Paul said. I just got read, through reading the book of Romans, and Paul said, I found something that life is all about. Get to the place, whatever state I am in, there to be content. Boy, that's hard to do, isn't it? Every night about 10 o'clock, I want about five or six Oreos and a cup of coffee. I ain't never content. I mean, if I get through the Oreos, I want something else. I mean, it's just a continual. It seems like something's grabbing for your attention and, and your uh, and and I said, Lord, you know where contentment is? It's in the Lord. It's in the Lord. It ain't in nothing. Everything else is a passing, fleeting moment. On the last for a few minutes it's gone. Name something. You got a brand new car, it'll break down. You got a house that need paint. I mean on and on and on. It's just a fleeting moment. It ain't going to last, but there's one thing will last, and that's the Word of God. And that's where contentment is at. Lord, I got one thing that'll keep me straight. Here it is right here. And that's why I want to promote, I want to lift up the Word of God. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw men to me. That's the reason I love to see things like this morning happen. Amen. It just God does the work and you sit back at it. What did I say? What did I do? Nothing. It's the Word of God. And He does the work. And I go home moral at it. Every time. And have a joy in it. What a peace of mind. Stand with me, would you? God, you're so good to us in everything. Sometimes we would ever get on a shoulder and cause us to worry about everything in the world. But I tell Him every time, I had a pass. It'll be gone. But the Word of God stands forever. 
And you have promised us to be with us and to be our God and to take care of us. And we believe it. But we need your word to lean on. Bless us, we pray tonight. Go with us. Watch over us this week. Lord, take care of those that are sick tonight. And Lord, if you'll touch their bodies, you touch their minds. Old devil is attacking minds. And this, this soul, body, and spirit. Lord, we leave, leave them in your hand. And we ask for your mercy and grace to be done. And when we hear the good news that you're working, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Ha ha, I got dope.